0: You are here with Jenny and Tash, and we are riding in the weeds. Our podcast today is for you. If you've ever struggled with self acceptance, we're talking about just navigating life as a human in today's world and all the different ways that we've gotten confused and forgotten that we are just good as we are. Hey, Jenny,
1: how's it going? Good. How are you? I am good. It's getting warm here where I am. I think spring is finally hitting and that feels really good after winter, even though we haven't had crap for winter, but that's okay.
0: (laughs) It's pretty funny because, you know, we're all on the same continent. And even though I'm sitting here in Mexico, it's not the tropics. We're still in the North American climate. So it's been a chilly one. So we've been chilly down here too, but it is nice to, uh, feel the spring i went for a swim this morning and it wasn't ridiculously cold it was actually something i wanted to do so loving kind of coming out of hibernation almost it's crazy to think i guess i'll get us started here because this conversation started a while back with a conversation that jenny and i were having on messenger one day we're going to be running surf and bike retreats women's bike retreats wellness retreats yoga the cow ceremony, all of the things down here in Baja. And so we went out to get some photos and there's this gorgeous location that lent us their pool and their tree houses. And my friend, she's got a boutique. She has some beautiful clothes and we spent the day frolicking as mermaids and um, getting photos taken. And some of the photos got taken on my phone because my friend's camera died during the day and it was actually super eye-opening to me because I have I've always gone in and out of body image for myself and you know some days I feel good some days I don't and I looked at the photos afterwards and I actually had a complete kind of identity crisis of like oh my goodness that's not how I thought I was looking in my head. Ginny and I started this conversation and it was fascinating to me because actually as the days went on, two days later, I looked at the photos again and I was like, huh, I actually saw a completely different person. I almost deleted every photo off of my camera from that day that was me, but because it wasn't my photo shoot... And I wasn't allowed to do that. I didn't, but it really brought out this whole conversation around. It's actually got nothing to do with how big or small you are. It's really all about what's going on between your ears.
1: Yeah. And it that was such an interesting conversation that we had. I come from a very tall, lean family. I'm actually five, seven, and I'm short in my family. I've been fairly lean my whole life, like to the point where I had doctors who were like, go eat cheeseburgers. I was always very frustrated when people would make flippant comments to me about how small I was. And for years I was under on the BMI chart, like underweight in the bottom end of the not good, but I never watched what I ate. And I always didn't feel very good when someone would make a comment about my size, because I knew I wasn't eating very healthy at the time. And I knew that it wasn't anything I could actually control. Like legitimately, when I was little, my mom was trying to make me gain weight. Like I was a tiny kid. And so I, in a way I felt guilty, but it was also frustrating because it was like, these people were making these comments about me and they really didn't know anything. They were making a judgment based on my image. And being as small as I was for a long time, I was still self conscious about it. I was self conscious about being that small. And even clothes shopping for somebody that tiny is hard because there's nothing on the rack. <laughs> like, find anything that small.
0: <laughs> I remember having a friend and she was like, man, I wish I could wear leggings like that. She's like, I don't have a bum. So I can't wear leggings. It makes me look, you know, this way. And When I first got down here this season, I was in the car and my girlfriends were like talking about something. And one of them's like, yeah, but my legs are really short. And the other one's like, yeah, well, I don't have a bum. And my legs are really long. And these two absolutely drop dead gorgeous human beings that were both frustrated by what In my mind, like two absolutely perfectly gorgeous bodies. And yet we all have this self acceptance problem. And I think another thing that jumped out to me when I was, I don't know, late teens, I was probably 18, 19, might have been a little more like 17. I was working at a surf shop and I was before I discovered that I had a gluten issue and that was why I was carrying around a little bit of extra weight. I remember being on shift at a surf shop with this girl and I was working in a different shop and we didn't normally work together. And I spent the entire day just thinking that she was just so cool and she looked beautiful. And afterwards I reflected. I was like, you know, what's funny is she might actually have been maybe slightly bigger than me. She's definitely the same size as me. And All I could see was that she was absolutely gorgeous. And I thought that she had a great body and I just saw this amazing human being. And I was like, so what is it that makes me be able to see that in her? Yet when I look in the mirror, it's not okay in me. It was one of those conversations that I think I've been having in my head my entire life. Like, You look at other people and you can see their beauty and it doesn't matter. They can weigh five pounds they can weigh 500 pounds yet you can see them as an awesome human being and then you look in the mirror and you're like oh I got a zit oh I can't go out tonight
1: this hair is out of place or yeah whatever
0: and it holds us back and then we try and fix it by doing all sorts of crazy things and in the time that we're fixing it we're not hanging out with our friends we're not being present with our partners we're not doing the things that make being human fun
1: because we're not
0: good enough for
1: what for who for how and we're too Um, distracted by all of those things i've dealt with being different my entire life because i have physical challenges i've had to have orthopedic surgery when i was very young and finally i've come to realize that nobody's paying attention because they're all too worried about how they look themselves (laughs) so pretty (laughs) much everybody is wrapped up in their own head about their own presence So they're not paying attention to anybody else. So that simple fact has helped me get through a lot of different things because I've learned that no one is really worried about anybody else other than the fact that most of the time we're envious of other people for things that they probably are worried about themselves that they don't like. And, you know, it's such an interesting situation and we are so much harder on ourselves than we need to be. And the thing is, it takes energy. Like it takes energy to fight against what you are and who you are. Ultimately, I think our conversation after your photo shoot really circled back around to the fact that we spend a lot of time fussing about all these things that we really don't need to fuss about. And the bottom line is, how do you feel? If you don't feel good, like you mentioned your gluten sensitivity, if you don't feel good on the inside, it does not matter what size you are. It really doesn't.
0: And I think that's a perfect point because my issues, my entire life actually didn't come from what was looking at me in the mirror. It was because- my body didn't feel good and my stomach didn't feel well. And so that kind of gave way to everything else. I think now we live in this messed up culture where because of social media, there is actually this kind of outward pushing thing where we see these famous people and we see this ridiculous amount of focus, the hyper-focus that's being put on something. I finally figured out yesterday because I am so sick I don't even know what's going on between Haley Bieber and Selena Gomez I don't even know who these people are to be quite honest with you I cannot figure out what is this hyper focus that is distracting us from just going and being ourselves and back to the kind of way you feel really like energetically what we're vibrating as is what the reality we create. If you're vibrating in a vibration of I'm fat and no one likes me, you're probably eating cheeseburgers and cheesecake and reaching for the sugar and avoiding going to the gym because you're so energetically caught up in the space that you're creating that reality. Whereas if you're in that feeling of I'm amazing, I look good, I am an awesome human being, really it's got nothing to do with your physical presence because you're walking around with an energy that is i'm the shit you're gonna get that reflected back to you like a hundred times over but there's got to be that energetic and that feeling and if we can change the way we feel inside then the outside doesn't matter and it will just be what you are because that's what you're reflecting and i feel like it flips and it flops and it flips and it flops and I think at this point in my life, if I don't believe that I create my own reality, I'm like, well, what TV show have you been watching?
1: (laughs) That's a perfect point. I've been in the middle of the book that just came out recently called The Perfectionist's Guide to Losing Control. And I know that I have had some perfectionist tendencies in my life. And I've had to read this book slowly. I can be a voracious reader and read very fast, but this book I've had to digest slowly because it keeps smacking me in the face. (laughs) Like I have not been very happy reading this book, but one of the things she talks about that you're speaking to is having a maladaptive mindset versus an adaptive mindset. And the thing about a maladaptive mindset is that we all know We all already know what we need to be doing that is beneficial to us. So whether that's no gluten, whether that's getting up off the couch and exercising more yoga, meditation, whatever it is that is helpful. We know, we already know, like the world is so transparent now. Like you can't not know some of these things, right? But when you're in a maladaptive mindset, those things are not options to you. And we have a tendency to self-punish. The problem is that if we're going to punish ourselves for a mistake of whatever we're manufacturing in our head, it traps us in that place. And so it's like, well, I already ate the cheeseburger. Why should I go exercise? Or, well, I ate the cheeseburger. So now I'm going to have a cookie. Like It traps us in that place and we don't have the ability to make a different decision. How easy is it to look and see someone and go, well, dang, you know, if you just gave up gluten, why can't you give up gluten? What's wrong with you? That's such an easy choice. But when you're not in that adaptive mindset, it's not available to you. And so the first step is just self-compassion around knowing that you're going to make mistakes. And just because you ate the cheeseburger today, that doesn't destroy whatever history you might have of perfectly clean eating for the last three months. Just because you've done one thing in this moment doesn't change whatever history you have that's built you up to a better place. And if we can let go of that idea that one little misstep negates a huge amount of progress, we might have a completely different world on our hands, but being able to change your mindset around it and look for you know, the other options, that's the thing about having an adaptive mindset is it opens up a huge amount of options to you. Like I said, you know what you need to do that's beneficial. So if you've ever found yourself in that sort of cycle or trap, I highly recommend the book. It's hard to swallow, but she gives helpful resources and tools and it also is very validating like it's a bit of a relief to get told like, well, yeah, of course you can't make a decision when you're in that mindset. Of course you couldn't see all of the progress you've made when you looked at those photos, all of the good things that you do. Of course you couldn't see that because your mindset wasn't in the right place. So of course you couldn't figure out how to make some shifts that might help you feel better regardless of how you appear on the outside.
0: Well, it's funny, like so many thoughts came to you, me while you were talking, but the one I'm going to go with is because we're talking about riding in the weeds and I'm going to come back to the whole idea of riding a bicycle. And I find it's hilarious how when people start doing a sport, mountain biking's my one, so we'll talk mountain biking, but with mountain biking, it's all about cleaning, you know, like I'm going to clean that trail. I'm not going to make any mistakes on the trail. And you want to be able to ride to the top of the hill without putting your foot down and people will do the same thing over and over and over, the same thing badly over and over and over again and get frustrated that they're not getting a different result. My favorite one is I haven't been able to make that corner. Well, you know what? Quite often there's that corner on that trail and the only way I can make that corner because I've never made it before is actually by stopping because it's in the middle of a really steep hill. So before I get to that corner, I stop and I take a break and I catch my breath. And the first time I ever did that corner, the only way I got around that corner was because I stopped and took a break and then I had enough gas to get up around the corner. And then I figured out the line. I figured out where I needed to direct my tire to, when I needed to turn my hips and when I needed to look for my exit or as my escape, as someone said the other day, and I was able to do the corner. And I was like, oh, okay, that's how I successfully do the corner. Now... If I just kept on getting to that corner, gassed out, no energy in me and trying to do the corner where I can't stop beforehand because then I haven't cleaned the trail. But if I can't do the corner, I'm never going to clean the trail because I keep stopping in the middle of the corner. And I'm also never going to do the corner because I've never got enough energy to do it. And so then it's like, okay, I need this much energy. I need to go in this trajectory and I need to do it this way. So now, okay, the next time I come up to it, I know I need to slow down a little bit and I need to pedal a little slower before I get there because I can actually catch my breath a little bit just by not going quite as fast to get to that corner. So I start to allow myself to regenerate whilst I'm still riding so I don't have to stop before it. And now I know exactly where I want to put the power, the energy to get around the corner. I would not have known that had I not stopped before the corner the last time, right? And then eventually I'm going to be able to do it powering into it and going around because I'm going to be a little bit stronger. I'm going to have adapted to where the power needs to go and where I need to not have the power and I'm going to clean the corner and I'm going to do it without having to stop beforehand. My husband said to me the other day, he's like, Tash, it's got nothing to do with what you're eating. It's the fact that you are so stressed out right now and you're not relaxing. I could go to the gym every day and work out for two hours and I would gain weight at this point in time because I am too tired. My cortisol levels are through the roof. And what I really need to do is sleep in and not go to the gym and eat some good food. And that's actually going to probably get me to a result that I don't need faster than going. And if I do gas myself out and I overextend myself because I think I need to change the way my physical body is right now, I'm actually just going to gain weight. It's fascinating how quite often doing the thing that we've been told will fix the problem will actually drive you in the exact opposite direction.
1: I think so often we know, we know that's not actually the answer. And yet when we're in a maladaptive mindset, those other things like stopping in the middle of the trail, instead of trying to push through, isn't an option that's available to us in the moment, even though we're fully well aware that continuing down the trail is not actually going to get a good result. And so I think that's the biggest key is (laughs) taking that pause and trying to figure out like, all right, we need to figure out some more options here. What else is available? like self-punishment over the fact that you can't clean the trail in one shot isn't useful. It's not helpful and it's not useful. So what other choices do we have? And then
0: why is it that you feel that you need to do that in the first place? Going back to your book, right? Like that perfectionism, that need, that addiction, to what is your coping mechanism, right? Like there's nothing wrong with having a glass of wine. There's nothing wrong with having a margarita. There's nothing wrong with smoking a a joint in in our society, (laughs) right? Like, yeah, eating a bagel. There's nothing wrong with watching a TV show. There's nothing wrong with getting lost in a really good book and reading an entire book in an entire day. Where the problem comes in is when you do it to avoid stepping forward in your life. Jenny was talking about how she can get lost in a book and nothing happens in her life. If you've taken the time to be like, you know what, today, I'm going to read an entire book because I got a really good one. And there's no avoidance. It's not like you're choosing to do that instead of doing something else. There's nothing wrong with that behavior. The only time when any of it is not working is when we're in this this lack of self-acceptance, when we're not just okay as we are and we're avoiding moving forward in our life or we're using it as a coping mechanism there's really nothing wrong with any of these activities what's wrong is when we're using it to to cope with the fact that we don't think that we're okay i'm listening to this book and the first four or five chapters is about him like you know i really want to binge watch some tv right now and i want to get a pizza and it's about him going through all of the different phases of all of the coping mechanisms he has to avoid doing the thing that he is trying to do. And as soon as we just step into like the self-acceptance and we let ourselves be like, Oh, okay. I'm going to the gym because I'm trying to hate away the fat. I'm trying to work out to get rid of this feeling that I'm not okay in my body if I actually just step into being okay in my body, I probably won't need to go to the gym anymore.
1: That's the punishment piece. I'm going to punish myself because I am not accepting my body. So I'm going to punish myself with exercise. And it doesn't work. Those changes won't stick when you're not able to just feel the feels of whatever is going on. I mean, that's really why we have coping mechanisms, right? Is to avoid feeling something. It can be any number of a gazillion different things, but it's to avoid feeling something. And sometimes it can even be to avoid feeling good because sometimes our nervous systems get really screwed around and feeling good actually is not a good thing to our nervous system. So being able to pause and be present and go, gee, what is my motivation here? Why am I trying to do this? The same thing would be true if you're trying to punish yourself by eating salad all the time. If you're eating nothing but green vegetables and raw, whatever, because you feel like you're not worth you know, investing in or if you're doing it to avoid feeling something else, then like you said, you can't hate away the fat. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter if you ate 100% vegan clean and went to the gym for five hours every day. If you're still hating the reason you're doing it, it's not going to work. And you might actually
0: get thinner and you might get fitter. It won't feel good. It won't change the way you feel. You're still not going to love yourself. Back to my biking, the people that are like, oh, I need to be able to get up and over that rock, or I can't really call myself a mountain biker. If you own a bike and you ride on trails, you're a mountain biker. Or if you own a bike and you ride on the street, you're a biker, there's no test you have to pass here. If you go to the gym, you're someone who goes to the gym. If you're picking up a one pound weight and doing it, that doesn't make you not a gym person because you're going to the gym. There's no rules. I'm not a good human because I ate the wrong food. Like there's no rules here. You're actually good. You can do whatever you want to do. If you feel good in the world and you feel good in your body, then whatever you're doing is working. If you don't feel good in your body, then what you're doing isn't actually going to change how you feel and the, the inside. It's like the input. You can't really control that. It's the output that you can control.
1: I think the key is learning to listen internally to feel those things that make you feel good. So if your motivation for eating the salad is because it makes you feel good and you feel good eating it, eat the salad. If your motivation for going to the gym is the same thing because you feel good when you go to the gym or getting on your bike or going out with the horses or whatever your thing is or yoga or meditation even. If you're doing it because internally it helps you feel good, then that should be the only reason you need. And the results, whatever results you desire will start following when you start following the feeling of feeling good. If you're doing it because it's a coping mechanism and you're avoiding feeling something else that won't work, no matter how much salad you eat (laughs) or yoga, (laughs) all the things, it doesn't matter. Fill in the blank. It won't matter at all. That radical self-acceptance and that ability to use the good feeling as your guide, as your compass like use that as your north if you can figure out how to do that the rest doesn't matter pictures don't matter you'll like the pictures at that point though it'll start coming through yeah
0: there's people and animals that i follow on instagram that's basically their brand this is who i am to watch the reels of these women that are so in acceptance of who they are and that's the image they're putting out there and then to watch the reels of the dogs and cats or horses or whatever that'll bring you joy. There's nothing trying to be gained by, and you can see the difference. I think that's why you know, once you've had a puppy, once you've hung out with animals of any sort, and you're like, what is it that just brings me happiness when I'm in this energy? And it's because. That person or that animal is just in a space of absolute acceptance of themselves. And so therefore being around that energy, like they know that they're good as they are. My puppy does have like literally everybody tells him he's, but I don't know if he really speaks English or Spanish and whether he actually understands that he's being told he's a beautiful Puppy.
1: Words have energy, though. <laughs> That's the thing here is that the real theme is that words have energy, and the things we tell ourselves and the things we tell each other stick. And I can guarantee you that an animal or a child, hello, childhood trauma, when you're told you're worthless or you're ugly or that you're stupid, it sinks in. And I've met people who talk about their pets that way, and it always makes my skin crawl. When someone refers to stupid dog or stupid this or whatever. And it's like, no, no, that actually sinks in. I don't care if they don't understand English. Words have energy Absolutely. and it's all in the same vein of the self-acceptance. How are you talking to yourself? What is that internal chatter saying to you? Cause if that yeah. voice is being a mean girl or is being the bully, well, no Something wonder you're like... struggling because you don't even need the schoolyard bully. It was in your head. And the schoolyard and... bully a-
0: appears when the voice in your head is there. And I think at the moment that you can actually befriend the voice in your head, the schoolyard bully disappears pretty quickly. It loses its power completely. The last few months I've gone through so many different versions of the photo didn't look good. And as soon as I come back to okay, that's the input. But the only control I have is how I feel about this. And as soon as I adjust the way I feel about it, like literally I looked at the photo two days later and I left a message for Jenny going, you know what's funny is that the photo actually I I look quite good. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And all it was is I switched my Internal dialogue related to it. And I saw a completely different person in the photo. And that was pretty eye opening to me. Someone wrote a post the other day and she was like, when you can accept that you are absolutely perfect as you are, and that all things are just relative and related to you knowing that as you are is all that needs to be, then the entire universe will. Fall into place. You'll be able to make that corner. Whether you make it or not actually doesn't matter. So you'll probably make it every single time. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the horses, the moment that you accept that you're having this relationship with yourself, and that is being reflected in your relationship with your animal, the animal instantly becomes the most perfect reflection Things of you. Get easy. And we could talk about this for hours because there's just so many, so many examples of falling out of that energy and then falling back into the energy and falling out of it and falling into it. And I think as soon as we become conscious of it and notice that when the inputs aren't feeling good, then we just need to switch the output, which is what we can control. Um, Everything kind of switches back around again.
1: I think the final thing that I would add is find your peeps, because if you don't have people in your world, in your corner, that can talk you back down when you leave <laughs> terrible messages about how bad you look in photos, then go find someone. I mean, if you have to hire a professional therapist, that might be the best way to go at certain points in your life. But, you know, find people that will help remind you and go, hey, but how do you feel How do you really feel? What's really going on in here that you think that there's this external, that you have to be a certain way or that you're not already a certain way. So often I think we get our perception skewed, you know, and we think we're trying to be this thing and we think we're not there. But if somebody has to hold up the mirror and go, Hey, you really are already there conditions right. on it that don't need to be added so go find the people that you know are going to help build you back up and bring you back to yourself when you get off track because we all do we all get off track Josh sure. talk, certainly talked to me off ledges in the several years we've had a relationship <laughs> especially with my bike lord knows like i don't think i can do this like yeah no you're fine you're good.
0: You're good. You'll be okay. It's so funny that you say that too. Cause you know, it reminds me the other day I was telling my friend about something that was going on and she was like, well, I mean, you're just throwing a pity party. And I was like, yeah, but it's a really good party and I don't know if I can shut it down.
1: Yeah. Every now and then you need a friend. who will be like, Hey, that's a pity party. You should probably not do that. Oh, Close was- pity party land, as one of my friends says.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was oh, it was one of those conversations too. Cause I was like, You are both like awesome and you suck. And the fact that I know you'll still talk to me tomorrow and the fact that two days ago we were having this conversation in reverse, and I know how frustrated you are at me right now because I was feeling the same way towards you the other day when you were in my space. Again, I I a hundred times um Second, what Jenny was just saying. It's like having people in your corner that will help you shut the pity party down or talk you off the ledge. And sometimes, yeah, it's a coach. It's a therapist. It's having that person that looks at you and says, really, it's probably not that important. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for having this conversation with me. I feel yes. like it's been a long time coming. Thank you folks for listening. If this was helpful, I am Natasha I run Betty Gohard I am an online bike coach I'm also an in-person bike coach you can find me on the web on Facebook just as Natasha Lockie Instagram Betty Gohard and my YouTube channel where I'm answering questions common questions that people have and constantly ask me about biking so if you've got a biking question you want answered shoot me a message and I will do a video about it what about awesome. you Jenny?
1: Yeah, so I'm Jenny. I am an animal communicator and energy healer for animals and there are people too. You can find me on the web at soulpetconnections.com and also on Instagram and Facebook under the same handle. We love feedback. Leave us comments on the show if this has resonated for you or if this was helpful or if you've got questions for us, we'd love to hear if you have ideas or topics you want us to talk about and chat away about. That would be awesome. So thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of you